Better? Yes. You can hear me now. Good morning. How's everyone? Good. Good. It's a privilege to be here once again to share uh, what the Lord has shared with me. You know, always it seems to be the same thing. <laughs> you know, God is good. Amen. I mean, he's, he's good all the time, not just sometimes. And the other day, I was uh, doing a lesson with the youth, and we were looking at the, the burning bush and Moses. And uh, the, in Exodus chapter 3, we were reading a little bit, and I had one of the students reading. And, you know, sometimes people don't read real smooth or whatever, but, you know, they were doing really good. And... And one of the one of the youth was was reading, and he came to the spot where God always said, God was saying to Moses, "I'm the God of Abraham, and Jacob, and Isaac." Well, within I don't know, Mr. Z, about fifteen, sixteen verses, that was said like three times. I'm the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Moses. And one of, the, one of the teens that was reading, he goes, I feel like I've, this is like deja vu. I've said it so many times. You know, and it, what was funny, and I'm like, well, you know, and so therefore I had another opportunity. And I go, you know, this is what's really cool. How about when mom at home tells you the same thing three or four times? It must be pretty important, right? Well, same with Scripture that if we hear it a few times within a few short verses, I mean, the author... The writer, did I say Arthur? It's Arthur. <laughs> it's not Arthur. Anyway, he, he's trying to get us to understand something's very important, and I need you to get this. And I want to, that's kind of where I am, and in, 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 in really with my walk with the Lord, is I struggle uh, with the me monster that lives inside of all of us. It, it really, it, it bothers me because we live in such a, a me-centered culture. And the reason I shared that with you about Exodus, because I feel like sometimes I'm saying the same thing. I'm going to the same passage, and, and I, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself. And I know Pastor Frank does. After a few years, you know, Brother Daryl Harris will say, well, he'll, 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 he, he puts little initials by the passages that we preach from. So it'll say FD for Frank Deary, or it'll say PL for Preston Long. And I can ask him today when he's here, I'll go, how many times have I preached from there? And he'll go and he'll count the initials that he wrote by that passage. P-L, P-L, two times, three times. Doesn't he, Pastor Frank? He does it. And so, but I like that because it kind of, you know, I like to, to find out what, if he's actually paying attention, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the, the word, there, there's a word that's, that's being me-centered uh, and that's a selfish thing, isn't it? Um, you know, we might not consider ourselves to be unselfish, but are we selfless is the, is the question. And, you know, being unselfish means that we are willing to share what we have, not necessarily uh, beyond our own means, you know, not necessarily beyond what we can do, but... I mean, selfless, this, selfless means that you would consider everything you have, you would consider to sacrifice, I'm sorry, everything you have, and even more to help someone else. Selfless. Selfishness is not a new problem in our society today, is it? 
I mean, we can look in the New, script, in the new Scripture, in the New Testament, uh, and find where Paul uh, constantly uh, came across this problem in all the churches that he started, you know, um, and in various churches that he planted. And I'm sure if we walked the Americas today, we would find a lot of that in our churches even. Um, the issue is, um, is that we... We are me-centered. And, and then others, what happens? They become ignored. When I'm self-centered, I'm ignoring those around me. I am, um, <clears throat> or, or we become focused on having our needs met. Um, we don't think, if, if, if we're so concerned about getting what I need met, then I'm not really looking out for those around me. And, and the reason that I like to say this is because we, we certainly, if, if we're so me-centered, we certainly don't have room for Christ. You know, and that's the true, this is what God wants from us truly, is to, what is the greatest commandment? Love God the Father with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And then in the New Testament it says mine, but um, what does it say next? To love others as you would yourself. And so, I, I, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2. Daryl's probably going to tell me, because Philippians, I tell you, it, it's probably one of my favorite New Testament books. I love the book of Philippians because you can see where Paul loved that church. I mean, he, he spent a lot of time there. And he tells them this. We're going to read it. It's going to be in the Christian Standard Bible version, so you're going to be used to that because that's what Pastor Frank always uses. So uh, here we go, chapter 2, the book of Philippians. Did I say Ephesians? Philippians, good. I like Philippians, uh, church in Philippi. So he says this, if, there, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affliction and mer affection and mercy, make my joy, there's that word we're all searching for, Amen. Joy. Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Adopt, here, adopt the same attitude that as Christ, of Christ who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equally uh, equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humility. And when he, came, when he, when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross." Amen. Amen. Uh, Paul was letting this church understand, he, I mean, he, a, a few things. He, he doesn't just give us some words of wisdom uh, to live by, does he? I mean, he, he, he does something that is con it's constantly, he does this constantly throughout his books. Um, he points everything to Christ, just like the Old Testament, all points to Christ when you're, when you're looking at it correctly. And I think that's very important because Paul wants us to, to look to Christ. Amen? Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us 
to look at this scripture today and see the example of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will work in all of us to be people of humility who consider the needs of others. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we look at what Paul is sharing here with us, we see four instructions that he for, for putting others first. And I wanted to go over a few of those instructions with you. First, use the tools of Jesus. Okay, well, Preston, what's that mean? Um, Jesus has given us everything we need to know, right? I tell the children every week, what is this? It's the Bible. What's in it? God's Word. What's it tell us? Everything we need to know. I mean, and if we're not looking for that, uh, we're not going to see it. So it, um, we need, he, he's given us everything that we need to know uh, and actually to put others first and make it a little bit easier if we use what we have, this tool. So verse 1, it says encouragement um, from being united in him. In other words, because we are bonded as Christian brothers and sisters, we're we're together by Christ, right? We're one in Christ. So we, we can find encouragement for others, and we need to give it to others. But, you know, I often see a lot of people wanting to be discouraging, you know, putting you, you down or, you know, it, it seems to be the big motive. But verse 1 is giving us this tool. And so it also talks about comfort from his love. Are we finding comfort from God's love? Where do we run when we find comfort? How do, who do we run to? Who did you run to? <laughs> Some of us that are older. Who did you run to when you needed comfort because you were hurt? Those that you, lo- that know, you ran to those that you knew that loved you, right? Hello. Yes, good. I mean, don't you know that God loves you? Are, are we running to him? I know when I was a kid... If I was running to my mother, everybody else better look out because they were in the way of a mom and her prized possession. You know, I'm telling you, I hung the moon to my mom. I would get in trouble and she'd say, well, they they made him do it. You know, uh, I was, but you know, so I knew that. I knew I could run to her no matter the circumstance, no matter if I deserved to go to jail. You know, no matter if I deserved whatever, you know, I knew that I could run to her. So comfort from his love, um, that's, that's important. Christ loves us so much that, he, that we can find that comfort in him. Um, and, and then what do we do when we find that comfort in him? We extend it to others. It's, it's helpful to share that kind of love with others. Um, fellowship with the Spirit. Again, because of our common faith in Christ... We grow in our relationship with each other, which sometimes is a struggle because look where you sit. I know we're in COVID-19 kind of stuff, but, you know, we need to fellowship and in a relationship, uh, fellowship in the spirit for each other uh, as brothers in Christ. Um, this leads um, itself quite nicely to putting others before ourselves if we spend time in fellowship. Um, but here's the, here's the question. Um, what about this question? What are we to use the tools for? I want to tell you about the second, the second instruction that we can go about putting others first, and it is to 
um, work for unity in Christ. Work for unity in Christ. Verse 2, it said, if we didn't notice it, look it up, or we can put it back up on the screen, but verse 2 says that we needed to be like-minded. Right? Same love. One spirit and purpose. What's our purpose? Love God. Love others. Okay? Um, unity does not always, this is the thing, unity does not always equal uniformity, okay? Um, we don't have to agree about everything to work together to serve others, you and I. You know, obviously we're not all the same. Obviously we have different abilities, we have different things, right? We, but we are still one. Um, unity is is not based on our political view, you know. It's not based on our uh, color of our skin, which is a, a big problem today. It's not based on our mutual hobbies um, or even our religious affliction, you know, uh, uh, affiliation. I'm sorry, but unity is based on our common agreement. What that Jesus Christ is the boss. Okay, that's what our unity, and and we want to reflect His love and glorify Him. In, in every circumstance. So the third thing, the third instruction for putting, for putting others first is to, now this I believe, getting the right perspective of others. This is, I believe, might be the toughest part of the whole deal. Getting the, get, get the right perspective for others, on others. Look at verse uh, 3 and 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain. Okay, I'm looking at a little different translation. It says, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to his or their own interest, to your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Did you catch that? It said that you are to consider Others as being more important than you? I mean, this is not what we see in today's world, is it? I mean, the, today's world tells us it's all about you. It's all about me. And if I like it, if I want it, if I need it, if I feel like it, then go get it. You know, if I want to, um, you know, do crazy things, then, you know, hey, it's not bothering me. That's the way we are. That's the way our, our world is. But... It's what we hear from our television, social media, our athletes that we might look up to. Um, the original, in the original language in the New Testament, we see the phrase better than is the idea of submitting to someone else. Do you understand what that word submit means? Okay, submit. Uh, it's kind of hard to do uh, when you think that you are better or I think that I am better or more important than that person. Isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty hard to do. Um, so these, these two verses strike the very heart of how most people, including Christians, operate, unfortunately. Um, the, na the, the natural tendency of people is to put our own needs first, right? I mean, my children even said it to their mom one time. Why does, because 
you know, I'm that guy. If, I, if it's hot and I, and I want a little more air conditioning and the air conditioning is available, well, let's turn the air conditioning on. You know, I'm, I'm all about if I can make it a little more comfortable for me and it's not going to be a lot of effort, well, let's get on it. You know, my children even said to my, my, my wife one time, why does dad always have to be so comfortable? You know, they say that. And I'm like, well, they, they know. Um, but, you know, we, we want people to like us, don't we? We want people to like us. We, um, we, the natural tendency of people is to put our own, like I said, put our own self uh, uh, wants first. We want the most, uh, we want to be the most important person in the room sometimes. Um, like I said, we want people to like us, uh, to like what we have, or like what we say, or, or like what we do. And sometimes it's important for others to know how smart we are. It's important for us to, you know, just share how smart I am with others, or maybe even how talented I am. And you guys, you've known me for a long time, you know. I have many talents, right? And so it's very important for me sometimes to share that with you as a human. It's a sad thing that we live in. So here's the problem, though. When we focus on ourselves, we cannot be focused on others who are what? More important. I mean, that's really hard to sink in. I bet when we hear that, others are more important. We're like, wow, what do you mean? Come on. I mean, I had some people come up here to the church the other day, and uh, they're looking for some assistance, and they just, they really didn't know how to ask for need. I'm like, how can I help you? You know, we talked, we talked a little bit about God. How can I help you? They're like, I don't know. (laughs) Most of the time you're thinking, well, they just, somebody that's coming to the church, they need something physically, mental, you know, emotionally, or they need a little help with some money or some food. They didn't know. It's kind of weird. Like, you know what I, you know what I did? Just share a little love with them. Let them know that you know they're not alone. Okay. Um, when we focus on ourselves, we, we cannot be focused on others or in Christ. I, I found this article, um, and, and I wanted to share a little bit with you. And I've, I've done some paraphrasing in here, so it would be a little easier for me. Uh, but a great threat to humility is insecurity. That's what the article is telling me. A great threat to humility is insecurity. Insecurities about your abilities, what people think about you, or even your worth in the sight of God will get in the way of becoming more humble. So, for instance, often our insecurities induce false humility. Okay, and so which leads to leads us to share our own deficiencies. Okay, in in the hope that someone will contradict us. Think about this. Look at this. Um, have you ever said? Have I ever said? You know, I'm having a really bad hair day, just to get someone to say, "No, your hair looks lovely today." <laughs> have you ever said, "You know, I feel like I'm putting on a couple of pounds." For someone else to say, nah, you look good. I think you lost weight. I mean, have we said those things before? Of course. Of course. You know it's true. So insecurities may lead to a low self-image. And there's another big problem in our churches today, especially our churches, a low self-image. You know, 
when Tara sang that song, she's talking about certain verses. The one verse that stuck out to me in that last song, it says, the cross is spoken. <laughs> Bam. And the cross has spoken. And I remember when I read the scripture, it said that uh, when, when Christ came out of the tomb, that other people came out of the tomb too. It wasn't just Jesus that day. I mean, it was such a big, you know, in our world that other people just started, hey, what's up? Can you imagine when somebody goes to just fall over dead, you know, because there they were. We know we put you in the tomb. It's just, I don't know why I'm chasing that rabbit there, but <laughs> uh, the cross has spoken. So our insecurities also drive our attempts to prove ourselves, okay? This is where uh, we, we make the mistake of fixating on ourselves, either by making ourselves more pleasing than we are or by observing, uh, by obsessing about our flaws, you know, um, the, the cure for insecurity is not to become more insecure, not to become more secure in yourself, but more confident in God. And confidence in God, man, this is where we will stand our ground. This is where I find my strength, because I can get down and struggle and this and that, and I go, no, 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 Preston. I say it in here. I'm constantly talking to myself. Don't say you don't do it. I'm constantly saying, Preston, no, no, no. You know the truth. I don't care what you're going through. The truth says there's hope. The truth says that I am free. Confidence in God is the core of Christian humility. Hum yeah. And so I was going to, this is for the next sermon, or for the next service, I'm going to challenge the uh, 2020 uh, COVID quarantine class of, you know, I'm going to challenge them with this. And so I'm going to challenge you today with it too. Allow God to be your standard. Allow God to be your standard. Don't worry about what others say about you or expect from you every day. Strive to meet God's expectations. That's what we should strive. You know, his far out his, his, his expectations far exceed the expectations of others, don't they? Um, I, 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 having confidence in God, know, we know that, we, that he loves you, right? I mean, we, the cross was for you. And, and it's not, he, he doesn't love you because of what you've done or what you have, you know. He, he, he just loves you. And uh, I found this... Uh, Have you ever heard the acronym J-O-Y, joy? I know we know that word. Uh, J stands for, I, I use this with the, the youth a lot, because it's, you know, you think it's hard for us as adults to uh, look at others more important than ourselves. It's almost impossible for, for teens. Okay, but I, I use this a lot with them, a joy. Jesus, J stands for Jesus. The O stands for others, and the Y stands for you. So if we put Jesus first, others second, and you last, you're going to find joy. 
Well, good grief, in our world today, that does not make sense, does it? That's not how we find joy. I find joy by getting me things that I want, by feeling comfortable, you know, by, by having people look at me and go, hey, good job today in your sermon. You know, I've never had someone say, you know, that was terrible because you're nice and nice. Uh, but, you know, um, would we, when we uh, consciously and intentionally look at others as being more important than we are, what do we do? We start to shed the old skin. We start to, uh, the selfish uh, and the self-importance kind of goes away a little bit. We, we need to gain the right perspective on others that they are more important than ourselves. Said it again. I've repeated myself. The fourth tool, the fourth thing on the list, uh, follow the example of Jesus. This is the most important. This is the most important because of all the things that we are commanded to reflect. We are, it's important because we are commanded to reflect the love and the priorities of Jesus. And how are we going to reflect the love of Jesus to others if we're, if we're worried about ourselves? Um, and, and maybe you're asking yourself, what is the example what is the example of Jesus? Well, we, we can look back in verses uh, 5 through 8. Um, verse 5 says, your attitude should be, that, be the same as that of Christ. And you know, when I wake up in the morning, I have to do an attitude check daily, every morning. When those little eyes wake up and that Benadryl that I took from the night before is helping me wake up, I'm like, oh, well, thank you, Lord. For this day, help me be more like you today and not be selfish and want to just do for me. Because that's easy to do. Sometimes we don't even want to get up. We just want to stay in bed. I don't really like to stay in bed, but uh, we have to check our attitudes. We have to check our attitudes. Number, verse 6, it says, Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus didn't look at himself as, you know, hey, I'm God. Y'all better recognize, you know. Verse, verse 7, it says, But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness of man. And, and then verse 8, it says, And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross. There's where the cross spoke. That he died for you and I so that we can share him with others. Um, Jesus, I think, you know, he took his eyes off his own uh, glory and the glory that he deserved and will deserve forever and ever, amen? I mean, he took his eyes off that. He took his eyes off that. He, uh, he took his eyes off that, and he looked at what we need. Remember, I can't, you know, I can almost hear it when I read the Scripture, and he was on the cross, and he looks up, and he says, Father, forgive them for what they do. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm standing up there, and if it was pressing, I'm going, Father, strike them dead. But, you know, 
I and you, when we trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior and the Spirit of God comes and dwells inside our life, the Scripture tells us that we have the same power living in us that rose Him from the dead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary, but it's real. For us to really put others first and bring glory to God, we need to be people who are completely sold out to Christ. Completely. And that's hard. I mean, that's so hard. Um, that's why I stay busy. That's why everybody says, oh, you're, you're always doing something. Yeah, because if not, I'm going to be doing something I shouldn't be doing most likely. So I'm trying to do things that's pleasing to the Lord, try to keep myself busy so that I don't have time for my mind to wander. I'm still struggling with that as, as, a, as a pastor, as a, as a person, as a follower of Christ. My mind will get on out there, and as my mom would say, in left field, son, you're out there in left field, I don't know. But I have to reel it back in because of what I know. And so that's why it's so important to, to know, you know, and to have that relationship. So maybe... Today is a day that you've never thought, uh, I need to know that I'm saved, that I, that I, maybe you didn't know that you were a sinner, maybe you didn't know that the cross was for you, and that empty tomb, when he came out of there, you didn't know that he did it so you can trust in him, so that you can say, you know, I, my need, my sins need to be forgiven, I want to go to heaven when I die, because the scripture says that there. He is the only way, right? Anyone know that verse off the top of their head? John 14, 6. That's right. For I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So if that's you today, I pray that you say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Bring me to a new faith in you. Trust in him, and he will make your path straight. I love to quote a guy named Bob Goff. Anybody ever read any of his stuff? Love Does is a really good book. It's Bob Goff, G-O-F-F. You should read this book. It's called Love Does. It's exceptional. So he's really down to earth. I found a quote that I want to end this with today. <laughs> it says, we can't always see people's pain. And that's so true, isn't it? We can't always see people's pain, but they can always feel our love. We can't always see people's pain, but they can feel our love. That's what God wants us to do. Love others because there's so many people that are in pain, not physically, but maybe emotionally, spiritually. People are in pain. And church, we have the answer. And we need to share it with them. It's not something that we just keep to ourselves. We are the church, you know, and loving others. I know sometimes, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not easy to love sometimes. And I know you've experienced that with others around you. Some people are just like, Ugh, I can't love them with a whole bag of Hershey Kisses, you know. Some people are just hard to love. But God says we're to love them anyway. And I promise you, that acronym, joy, Jesus, others, and you, 
If you start practicing that, you're going to walk around with a smile on your face. You're going to find joy in life, and it's not going to be so sad sometimes. Anyway, um, if you, you want to ask God to be your Savior, like I talked about a while ago, if you want to come and pray, you know, we're a Baptist church. We have to do an invitation. I'm just kidding. I love to pick on Pastor Frank about that. But it's true. I mean, if you want to come forward, all throughout Scripture, we see where Christ actually asked people to, you know, come or do a little effort, give a little bit, and he helped them. So um, he's just asking for you. He's just waiting on you to go, okay, God, I need you. You need to come up here and, and pray for to him. Do that. The doors of the church are open. If you want to be a member of First Baptist Church, uh, wasn't it so cool to watch the little one get baptized last Sunday? Uh, she, she said, Mr. Preston, I'm a member? I'm like, you're a member of First Baptist Church through baptism. She, she just like this. I mean, isn't that cool? To be a member of what you believe is true and to go into our community and love others? Man, come join First Baptist Church. Where's Miss Tara? She's left. So we're not going to do an invitation song. Oh, no. She's hiding. All right. She always has my back. That's true. Let me, let me, let's stand and let's go to the Lord in prayer and then Miss Tara will, will lead us in a song. Father God, we love you, Father. We thank you, for, Father, for loving us. And Lord, we just ask that you help us to be like-minded as yourself, Father, as, as Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Help us to be humble. Help us to find love for others so that your word can go and, and bring joy to them. And Lord, we just ask that you forgive us where we fail. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.